Okay, good morning. Today's daf is daf Kuzayin. And today's shir will start from right at the bottom of Kufava Mudbeis 106b. And so, remember the Mishnah, well, yeah, let's not go into the Mishnah just yet, we'll bring it up soon. Um, the Gemara, we know that a man has an obligation to support his wife. So the discussion is going to be what happens if the husband goes overseas, he disappears, and the wife now needs food. Are based in when and are based in allowed to take his assets, sell them off to support his wife? Important, um, two important distinctions is we know if the husband dies, then it's much easier for the wife. She gets mazonos, she gets supported by the estate until she wants to collect a ksuba. Once she collects a ksuba, the official document, then she cannot no longer claim support from the estate. Okay, um, thought there was another point I wanted, but let's go on. So the Gemara right at the bottom says, Misha Holachim and Sayam, the Mishnah mentioned the case of someone whose husband went overseas, says, Itmar Rav Omar Poiskim Mazonisli, Aishas Ish, Shmuel Omar, Ain Poiskim Mazonisli, Aishas Ish. Rav says that, good morning, good morning, Rav says that the Beisdin will sell land, will sell his property from her husband, and Shmuel says they do not. Again, the question is, does husbands who's gone overseas, can Beisdin take some of his property, sell it off to support his wife? So Shmuel, so, so that's the Machloik, it's Rav and Shmuel. Shmuel says that Rav agrees to me with the first few months. Why? Why does Rav agree that in the first three months they do not, Beisdin will not take assets from the husband? Because a man will not leave his um, house empty. If he's going on a journey, he's going to make sure his wife has what she needs. says, <coughs> If they hear that the husband has died, then again everyone agrees. Every no, sorry, no, yeah, no one argues. Why? They all agree that she can collect mazonos. Now it's no. Again, the only discussion is while the husband's alive, can Beisdin take some of his property, sell it off for the wife? And once the husband dies, then obviously she has an entitlement to take mazonos. We'll see why shortly. He says, keep pleading, but shalosh shomabo. Shemais. Where do they argue? Where they don't know that he's died. Rav Omar Poiskin, the Homo Shubadlo. Rav says they do grant her food because the husband is obligated to her. We know that one of the obligations in a marriage is the husband to support his wife. And Shmuel's going to be a little bit tricky. So just before, yeah, Shmuel Amar Ain Poiskin. Shmuel says we do not give assets. Oh, we do not sell it off, says my timer. Why? Why not? We know the husband has an obligation to feed his wife. I mean, if he was there and he had no money or anything, then he would have to sell his assets to support his wife. So why don't Basin do that on behalf of her when the husband's gone missing? And remember, he's been away for over three months, because he said the first three months anyway. So Razid Omar, Aymatsrori, it was. Razid said the concern is that he left the with Trory, a bundle of money. And maybe he left her with cash. He left her with a credit card in case she needs anything. And now she's claiming, no, she needs to set off land to, um, for that, um, for, for, for Mazoinus. And our Papa Omar, he gives a different concern. He says, Maybe her and her husband had the, de- had the deal that she earns and keeps her salary instead of him supporting her. Remember, as we, we saw this earlier in the Masech, but the standard this financial relationship between the husband and wife is that whatever she earns goes to the husband, but he's responsible to support her, provide for her. They can make an agreement that she says, or she, I mean, it's up to her, but she agrees that she's going to keep her salary for herself and he doesn't have to support her. So maybe they had that agreement. Much uh, when uh, when they first had woman vote. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, as we've seen over the Masef, that they had a very different uh, what's it, financial structure in general. But the, the basics was kind of everything belonged to the husband and went to the husband. 
but he was entirely responsible to make sure his wife had everything she needed at the standards she was used to at his standards, etc. So that's, uh, yeah, but that is very different. Um, my ben- yeah, my Benet, what's the difference whether the concern is because of that she had cash, he gave her bundles of cash or something as a thing, or if the concern is because he had this agreement with her that she must support herself. She says, no, One um, difference is if she's an adult, but she doesn't earn enough. If she doesn't earn enough, well then according to the opinion who says we're concerned that he gave her cash, then she might have received, he might, she might have cash, and therefore how can they sell off his assets with the possibility that he left her with money? But if the concern is that maybe he had this deal with her that she will keep her earnings and support herself if he won't provide mazonas for her, well, here's a woman who doesn't earn enough, so obviously Beisdin then would be allowed to take land. Or Inami, another possibility is Katana Vesveka. If she's a katana, a mana, but she does earn enough, or she has enough. Why? Because no one's going to leave bundles of cash with a mana. You don't trust them to look after valuables and cash, and therefore he would not have left money with her. So if that's the concern in this case, Basin would take assets, the husband's assets, sell them off to pay. But if the concern is um, that you work and keep your salary and support yourself, then that might actually be the case so that they wouldn't have that agreement. Okay, so that's the foundation of the sugya, the machloikes, rab and shmuel. If a woman's husband goes overseas, do Bayesden take money? Um, do Bayesden go and take his assets and sell them off for Mazonas? Rav says yes, he's obligated to provide food for her. And Shmuel says, no, we have these concerns. We're concerned that either he left her cash, so how can I now go sell off his assets to pay her when she might have cash? Or um, maybe he had an agreement with her that she works and provides for herself and he doesn't have to provide for her. So with these doubts, how can they just go and start selling off his property? So that's the, that's the Machloikes Rav and Shmuel. And now we're going to go through the rest of the stuff. Is trying to work out, or mostly challenging Shmuel, does his opinion stand? Just one point we mentioned is that they don't argue in the first three months. In the first three months, everyone agrees that he, the Beisdin will not take assets from her. We said because her husband's not going to leave his house empty-handed. He's going on uh, empty. He's going on a business trip. He makes sure to leave his wife with what she needs. You've got to remember in those days, journeys were generally longer and things. So we make sure to leave her what she needs. With that in mind, the commentaries give. The poskim give cases where obviously that wouldn't apply. For example, this is in a normal relationship where they have a good relationship and we can assume that the husband wants his wife to have food. If, they, if he stormed off in a fit, they had a fight and he just uh, left, then we can't assume that he left her with food. You know, if he left her, maybe he left her in an emergency or something. You know, in those cases, we can't assume that he left food. So there... According to Shmuel, even in the first three, um, even um, even in the first three months, Rav would say you could collect mazoinos. Um, and if you have the differences, but let's go on. So the Gemara brings a Mishnah. Tanan, we learned in a Mishnah. This is our If someone has gone overseas and his wife goes to Basin saying she needs support. Khanan says she takes a shvua at the end, but not at the beginning. Remember, we said the end is when she wants to actually collect her ksuba, when, her, when they find out that her husband's died. Betchil is when she comes to collect mazonas, i.e., that she doesn't have tzori. Came along and they said, No, she takes a shua both at the beginning when she wants to collect Mazoinus and when she wants to collect Huxuba. Says, Ad kan loy We see in, in our Mishnah, Khanan and the Bnei Kwanim Gedolim only argue on whether she takes a shua to collect Mazoinus. But they both agree you give her Mazoinus. This is very clearly like Rav. A woman's husband's gone overseas, she wants food. 
Okay, the argument is, does she have to take a shvua or not? But at the end of the day, what do we see that she can, based in will sell off assets to give her food? Difficulty with Shmuel, so he says, no, Tagam or Shmuel, Bishashom or Boshemais. He says, no, Shmuel says, this is where we have heard that he has died. How does that make a difference? Um, once we've heard that he's died, then both of these concerns fall away. Yeah, because. Yeah, I should have mentioned this higher, higher above, uh, up above when uh, when we mentioned that they both agree in that case. But if they've heard she's died, then then um, both of the concerns fall away. Remember, the one concern is that she has cash. So fine, so give her Mazonas. When she comes to collect her tshuva, the heirs will make her take a tshuva. And if she did have anything, she had it, or it would be in place of a tshuva. So there's no concern there. And if the concern is that she had an agreement with her husband, that she will work and keep her own and support herself and he won't have to support her. Well, once her husband dies, that deal falls away. And even if the orphans want to do the same deal with her, they would have to stop that deal from you, that you support yourself, you keep your salary, and again, the standard is she would give what she earns to the estate, to the orphans, and they would support her. But they can make the same deal as she had with her husband, that she supports herself and they don't get her salary. But either of those, she would have to make that a new deal with the heirs when they hear that the husband died. So both of those concerns of Gontishmul have fallen away. And therefore, once they've heard that he dies, they she can collect the Zoinus from the estate, even according to Shmuel. Um, you know, just uh, something to consider. I didn't get clarity on this. What are we referring to when we say they heard that he died? If they're two Adim, well then it's not that we heard that he died. We, it's, we know that he died. So maybe it's Eid Echod or something like that. It says, uh, Brysa, if someone went overseas and his wife is now claiming food, say she takes a shua. And Hanan Omer Hanan says she doesn't have to take a shua. What happens if then later on the husband comes along and says, I left her food? Says Neman, he's believed. I and he won't have to. What does it mean he's believed? She's already been eating off his estate for the last while, or based in sold some of his estate. He's believed that he doesn't have to uh, pay off any of the debts or whatever she's incurred while eating this food. Says, but again, what do we see? We're speaking in a case where her husband comes back. So you can't tell me it's where the husband dies. And we still see Hanan and the Khanim Gedolim allow her to collect food. Mazoinah, sustenance. Says the Gemara says, no, hachanami b'sheshamo b'shemais. That's the case where they heard that the husband died. Says avahor im bava omar komar. But how can you say it's a case where they heard the husband died? The second clause is, but if the husband when sorry not but if when the husband returns, then he's believed to say if he he left her food. So the Gemara says no im bala achar This is after the rumor. Either there was a rumor the husband died. How Shmuel's learning this brisa? There was a rumor the husband died. So the wife comes to get Mazonas. Does she have to take a shvur to collect the Mazonas? But she's allowed to. Or she can take Mazonas incurring debts on her husband's uh, property. And then, and, and that's how they do it. If the husband, this is all again after they heard that she died. If subsequent to that, the rumor turns out to be false and the husband rocks up and says, hey, I left her, what, what do you mean I left her the credit card? Why is she, why are you selling off my property? Why she's incurring other debts? I guess the credit card is a debt, but why is she incurring, a, he, let her, he left her the debit card and now she's been using the credit card, whatever, and why I don't want to have to pay off those debts. He's believed to say that he left her food, but either way, this is all when she was allowed to go and attach assets, right, to get money to buy food, that was all, um, That was all before when they had heard that he died. Would this go hand in hand with her getting being drawn to the Oh, so that's, that's an important point because remember we learned in Yovamos that when a, a woman generally to remarry needs 
um, prove that her husband and Doraisa she needs to aid him. If someone comes up and says, "Oh, I was in uh, traveling or so with your husband and he's di- died," that's not good enough. She needs to aid him, Doraisa. But the Rabbanon came along and said, because of the difficulty of her remaining single without clear proof, they relied on a single te- a single aid to tell her that her husband died. And remember, there was a whole lot of penalties if her husband does return, and therefore. Uh, there, were, yeah, there was a whole lot of penalties if the husband does return um, and therefore we assume that she's going to be very very cautious and careful and investigate properly before she remarries so in that case we allow her to remarry based on the testimony of one witness so basically we come along and we say if we're going to believe this this woman's believed to say her husband's dead again she's basing it on the testimony here of the one witness and her own research, but this woman, or even her own testimony. Again, if a woman rocks up and says, you know, my husband's died, we believe her and allow her to get remarried. Um, but either way, um, so she's believed. Yeah, so we allow, if we believe her to allow her to get remarried, we'll believe her to allow her to collect a ksuva. That's the key point. Unlike, we'll see a bit further down, later on with um, the heirs they are not allowed to take a state based on that when when do we give them permission to believe a single witness to now go take the scars of their father or whoever they're, whoever they're inheriting all this property from when there's one they're not, they're not given the power to go and take his estate because here you use the word yeah, so that's what I used report. The, mm, uh, a report. So that's, I, I did mention, I'm not sure what, le- I didn't get a chance to look into or clarify what level of uh, reliability is this, we can put it in inverted commas, this testim- testimony, is it a <coughs> casual rumor? Is it an official, like someone coming with a, very confidently with a almost testimony? I would say it's almost definitely not two witnesses because then I don't understand what the discussion is. Um, but so what, yeah, when we say shmua, uh, rumor or a report, what uh, level of it? Again, if it's just casual gossip, that's generally disregarded, but if it's a bit more serious. Okay, so, to, so, now, so, so again, we still haven't been able to establish, um, well, we've been trying to refute shmua, we haven't been able to. Toshmak, I mean, yeah, Misha Halakhle, another proof against Shmua. If someone went overseas and a woman claims food, if he comes and he says, look, you are supposed to support yourself, he's allowed to say that. I, again, she's been borrowing, it's, it sounds like the scenario here, she's been borrowing money against his estate. She tells, she goes, she, she goes to the shopkeeper and she says, look, I need food. Again, this is under the permission, let's assume it's under the permission based and give it her up. And she goes <laughs> to the shop and she says, look, I need food. And when my husband comes back, he'll pay you. If he doesn't, look, he's got that beautiful house which we'll sell off to pay you. Now the husband drops up and he says, what are you putting all these debts on my property, on my house? You should have just gone to work, earned a salary, and paid for yourself. It says Kodmu. So that's again, oh, sorry, yeah. So this is all if she acted on her own accord. Kodmu based in Opasco. But if based in had or in had granted her, like given her a, I guess a letter, they had judged the case and worked out that she deserves it, the Mazonas, then Masha Posku Posku, what they told her, she's allowed, she's allowed. I saw all the food she's taken in the interim. The husband, when he rocks up, will have to pay the debts incurred. So, so again, that's a cash on shmuel because what we we taking for granted that she could get mazonas. Question again is if the husband comes and claims that she should have, or if based in, well, let's just go simply with the case of based in because that's where we were started off the discussion. It's based in grant to the right. Um, but there, what do we see clearly? She was allowed to take food. Again, Shmuel says, So to there, that's where he heard she, her husband had died. And that's why Beisden got involved, provided her mazonas, and now the husband's rocked up, surprisingly. Toshma, another proof again, Shmuel. Says, 
Because if someone goes overseas and his, his, uh, his wife comes to Basin claiming she needs support, Basin will go down into his assets <laughs> and provide and support her. Zanin and Mafarinasim have different connotations. One's food and clothes and shelter, the different ones. But Zanis and Mafarinasim make sure she's taken care of and she has what she needs. Well, that's for his wife, but not for his daughters. Again, when we say based in Yodim Lenochosov, it means based in are going to attach his property, either let her borrow money against the property, or uh, actually sell off the property, sell off his possessions to support her. Now, this is all for his wife, but not for his sons and daughters, and neither for this other thing. We'll discuss what this other thing is at the bottom of the page. Um, But what do we see here very clearly? That Beisdin will take food to support a wife whose husband's gone overseas. I'm interested, oh, what's the difference between her and the children? Is remember, by her, the husband has an obligation to support her. Children over six, it's a nice thing, it's a mitzvah for a father to support until they can take care of themselves, but it's not an obligation. Remember, that was Duff. Um, uh, uh, so again, what do we see? That based in do go and take his property again, which is against Shmuel. So Omar of Sheishes, Bemeshore is Ishto Aliadeshlish. It's no, it's where he's appointed someone to take, a third party to take, to look after his wife. Uh, he says, I'm going overseas. I've uh, left funds and instructions with my business partner. He will provide you whenever you need anything. He'll make sure you have it. Now she comes along for whatever reason. The shlish, I think Rashi says he's disappeared. Yeah, he stopped. He, just, he says, look, I'm not bothering with this anymore. So he stopped making sure she has food and providing for her. Now that's where Bayesdin will definitely get involved. And Rashi points out, why all of a sudden, just because he he arranged someone to provide for her, we let, and that guy stopped providing for her, we allow her to collect. So Rashi points out again, what were our two concerns? Why why did Shmuel say Bayesdin will not take his property and sell it to provide her with Mazonas? The one concern is that he left her with cash, and the other concern is that she earns enough. They have this deal that she she must use her salary to support herself. If he left, if the husband appointed an apitropos, a third party, to make sure she has what she needs, obviously he didn't leave her with cash, because then why would he appoint a third party to take she has the cash? And also, obviously they didn't have this deal that she must work to support herself, because then why would he have appointed this third party to make sure she has uh, provisions and sustenance? So both, as by the fact that he appointed an apitropos to make sure she has what she needs, we can see very clearly that neither of those concerns apply, and therefore Beisdin will go and attach his assets. Because, Well, if it's a case where he appointed a third party, why can't they? We can assume he wanted his children taken care of as well. I mean, you're right, it's not an obligation once they're six once the children are six years old, but it's a nice thing to do, and most likely the father would have gone ahead with that, and he appointed a third party. So the Gemara says, no, the case is where he appointed the third party to make sure his wife was provided for, but not to make sure that his children were provided for. Now, what's the obvious question on that? Where do you get that from? Where do you... You want to tell me there's such a significant distinction in the case of he wanted his wife taken care of, but specifically not his children. You're going to have to show me where we see that in the mission, and that's what the Gemara asks. My Posca. Where do you see that as uh, straightforward? Again, the, again, we asked, we said his, it's a case where his wife is taken care of by a third party, by an apitropos, by a third party. So what will his children also? He says, no, there's this distinction. His wife is being taken care of by the Apitropos, but not his children. He told us the Apitropos not to bother about his children. So you want to make such a major distinction, you're going to have to show me where you see the distinction. Obviously, we don't see such a distinction or any reason to assume such a distinction. 
That's what the question might ask. Therefore, we're going to have to revise. So we still, so now we, our, the way we answer the question for Shmuel doesn't work. So we're still stuck. Again, in this case where this husband went overseas and his wife wants Mazonas, based in go and support his wife, but not his children. So that seems to go against Shmuel, who says that they don't support his wife. So El Omar Papa says, Cases where they have a single aid to testify that the husband died. He says, how does that help? He This woman who's allowed to get married based on one witness, we're also going to allow her to collect Mazonas on one witness. If we prepare to go by the single test, this Aid Echod's testimony, a single witness's testimony, to allow her to remarry, we're definitely going to allow her to collect Mazonas. But but the children, if they want to take his, um, steal his assets, will they not allow, going to allow the orphans to take his assets, as if they heirs? We're also not going to allow them to provide for food. So that's the difference. Again, that's where there's a, a single witness, which means if there's a single witness, the woman would be allowed to get remarried. I'll come back to how that helps. So now she's allowed to get Mazonas. And if she's... Uh, um, but the children, we don't, we don't believe a single witness to allow the children to divide their father's property. So therefore, they also wouldn't be allowed to get supported by the estate. I mean, interesting, either way, if we, once we take him for granted that her husband's died, are we going to allow her to remarry? Well, then she'd be allowed to take Mazonas under the rights of the Ksuba, that once the husband died, she can get supported. Um, okay, so we still don't have a rejection against Shmuel. The Gomorrah just now wants to clarify the price. Remember, we said that the wife is allowed to, Bazdin will go and take assets to for the Mazonas and Parnosa of the wife, I food, clothing, those sort of food, but not for Dover, not for the children and not for Dover Acher. So Gmaras, my Dover Acher, what was this other thing that Bazdin don't take the husband property to sell off to give this woman this other thing? So Rav Chizda Omar Tashit and Rav Yosef Omar Tzedok. Rav Chizda said it's Tashit and Rav Popas and Rav Yosef says it's giving her money so she can give Tzedakah. According to the opinion who says that Bezdin don't give her enough of an allowance, either not going to sell his property to give her jewelry, or elsewhere Rashi said this takshit was like uh, perfume, so that she smells nice and is respectable, um, then obviously you're not allowed to give her money to give out tzedakah. Remember, tzedakah is not specifically their problem. Tzedakah is a communal concern that all the Aniyim are taken care of. So they now can't go and take his assets so that his wife can give Tzedakah. Well, let's rephrase it. If, he's, if we're assuming that the husband would not be happy with his wife using money on Tachshit, on the, something that's uh, for her personal use, and that, again, obviously if he was around, he would make sure she has, then obviously he wouldn't be happy with her getting money to distribute Tzedakah when he'd say, you guys you guys who live in that town must make sure the poor people get Tzedakah. I'm living, I'm overseas, don't make it my problem. However, so that's Mandomatashi Koltzdein Kolshikhan Tzedakah, the one who says that they're not allowed to provide her with money for Tashit, they're definitely not allowed to give her money for Tzedakah, Mandomat Tzedakah, the one who says Tzedakah, Val Tashit, Yavina, Lord de Lonecha, Lord de Tis, according to the opinion who said that they don't give her extra money for giving to charity, they would say they can give her money for her personal needs for Tashit so that she doesn't become misnaveldas, um, uh, unpleasant. So to keep her okay, then they wouldn't uh, do that. Okay, Toshma. So now, so, so now another question on Shmuel. Hayavoma. What happens when a Yavoma dies? Who's, uh, sorry, when her husband dies and now she's waiting for Yibum. 
So just to make a quick distinction, remember the first three months she's not allowed to remarry because we always want to know who's the child's father is. She might be pregnant, so we wait three months because we can confirm either she, we would notice that she's pregnant by three months or she's not pregnant and then she can do yibum. Um, that's the one halacha. Second halacha, I mean, it's going to become apparent from the Gemara, but I'll just mention it before we get into it, is the Ksuba's condition is that as long as she's a widow because of her husband, she can collect mazaras. When she stops being a widow because of her husband, then she can't collect mazaras. So in a normal case, we say a woman, as long as she's not remarrying, that's because of her connection and her relationship because of her late husband. And therefore, even if it's for a few years, she can still collect mazaras. A Yevama... Is it from the estate? Yeah, from the estate. Not from the contributor. No, it's, uh, it's over and above the Ksuba. I mean, <laughs> she can choose. She can either be supported by the estate, i.e. the children, the heirs of that man, or she can collect a Ksuba. As soon as, she, one second, as soon as she decides to collect a Ksuba, then she loses the right to sustenance. Yeah. If she's in Yuvama, there's no children involved. Um, there aren't her children. Yeah. Just one second. He doesn't have to. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Then, yeah, yeah. Uh, so one second. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, that's fine. It doesn't matter. We, we don't have to come on to the children. I was just uh, from the estate. Yeah. Everyone has an heir. You're right. It doesn't have to be children. But uh, from the estate, she would get Mazonas. Um, again, so as long as she's a widow because of her husband, she's, uh, she can get sustenance from Mazonas from the estate. That's, that's the key point. Not from the children, whoever the heirs are. They're the ones in control of the estate. She can get sustenance from them. A Yavoma, one second, a Yavoma, so she's expected to either do Yibum or Chalitza. As soon as she does, but the first three months, she can't get remarried, as we've just said. She can't do Yibum, so she's a widow because of her husband. So she would be allowed sustenance from her husband's estate. Yeah, what did you want to ask? After, after three months, um, if she doesn't collect a Ketuba, then she can still uh, claim from the estate. Who, the Yavama or a regular woman? The Yavama. No, so, so let's see the din of the Yavama now. The Gemara is going to say it now. The Mishnah says, Toshma. A Yavama for the first three months she gets sustained, supported from her husband's estate. From then onwards, she doesn't get supported neither from her husband nor from the Yovam. Um, because she should either do Yibum and then fall under her brother-in-law's responsibility or she should do Chalitza and, go, and if she's doing Chalitza, she's saying she wants to marry someone else. So she must choose one or the other. That's why she can only get supported for three months. Let me just show you that. Yeah. So he says, Omar Bedin, if they went to court, I uborach, and then the husband disappeared. <coughs> <coughs> If she, uh, if she, uh, so, so, so she went to court. She said, "Look, I'm stuck. I'm a yavama. Either let's do yibum, or let's do chalitza." And then he runs off. He says, "Sorry, I got an emergent, uh, emergency in another country." So he goes off. Then she's supported from the yavam's estate because he should have gone through an other done Yibum and then she's his wife and he has to support her or he should have freed her so she can go marry someone else but what do we see if the Yovam for our case for the important point of our case the Machloke is Rav and Shmuel if the Yovam has gone overseas when he should be supporting her Bezdin go take his assets and give it to her for food so it should be the exact same case of a woman whose real husband has gone overseas Bezdin should be allowed to take assets and give it to her for food which is a kasha on Shmuel. Shmuel said they don't. <coughs> so Amalek on Shmuel, the Ma'anechus, he says no. A Yovam is different because what are we going to worry about? I, why 
why should this man not be supported? Again, and now we go back to remember Shmuel, we gave two reasons why Shmuel says she's not allowed to accept money. Sorry, two reasons why Basin do not give her money. The first reason was maybe the husband gave her cash. And now she's coming and they're going to sell off his estate to give her food when he already gave her cash. That's the one concern. The second concern was that she and her husband had this agreement that, that she supports herself. So now, neither of those concerns apply. It's Imishum Shroriyev, because he gave her bundles of cash, the Yavoma, they're not close enough together. He would never, the Yavoma is not thinking like that, because they don't have a good relationship yet. They, she's just fallen in Yubom, so we don't have to, so it's not, it's not a realistic concern that he's given her cash. There's Imishum down if it's because she's earning, she's not bound to him. She doesn't have to give her earnings, so he can't make this deal with her yet. So neither of those are going concerns. Therefore, the Yavoma, the Yavom should have either done Yibum or Chalitza by the fact that he didn't. Basin will go and attach his property. But a Yavom is different to her real husband because a Yavom, both of those concerns, fall away. Or don't not fall away, don't apply. So again, we still, uh, we haven't been able to reject Shmuel. Um, Toshma. Come in here. This is another proof against Shmuel. If a woman and her husband go overseas and just the wife returns and she says, My husband has been, has died. If she wants, she can take Mazoinos. Or if she wants, she can take her Ksuba. Again, the reason is similar to what we said before. Just as we believe her to get remarried, we believe her to the degree to say that we, we believe her strong enough to allow her to get remarried and she tells us her husband's dead we're definitely going to believe her to take Mazonos from his estate however, what if she says Girshani Bali, she says my husband divorced me she can only get supported up until the value of her Ksuba Again, let's say, so this woman comes back, says, yeah, I was with my husband overseas, and she comes back and she said, we got divorced. Now, either way, if you want to say they are married, well, then she can collect Mazonos, because the husband has an obligation to support her. Again, they've gone overseas together, so he clearly didn't leave her any, he unlikely left her any financial support. But let's assume, but, so if they are married, and we're not going to believe her that they're divorced. She can collect Mazonas. And if they are divorced, well then she's entitled to collect her ksuba. So we will allow her to collect. So therefore, mimanashak, that means either way, whether we're going to believe her and say she's divorced, or whether we don't believe her and say she's married, she could at least collect up to the value of her ksuba. Again, interesting. Okay, so she needs proper testimony. Here's clearly where she doesn't have that. Uh, yeah, this is in this case, if a woman just comes back from and says, "Yeah, we got divorced," and I prove it or whatever, and they've, I mean, she lived just so we know she was married, and then she goes overseas with her husband and comes back alone and says she's divorced. We're not going to just believe her, and therefore. Um, And therefore, we're not going to let her get remarried. But again, regarding support, sustenance, we're going to say either way. Whether you believe her or not, you should give her at least up to the tzuba, because whether if she is married, then you have to provide for her. And if she's divorced, well, then she can collect the tzuba. So at least up to that value, we should allow her to take. Okay. Um, but that's a cash on shmuel, because what do we see? That the assumption is... Um, um, what are we saying? This woman, we're saying we can assume the husband didn't leave, that, that, that the husband can collect food. She says, The case here is also where they heard the husband died. Uh, they heard that the husband had died, and she's telling us, No, they got divorced. She says, he died in Oh, well, then why do we only? If we're saying it's a case where we heard that her husband died, in previous cases we've said when we hear that the husband has died, we allow her to collect the zonus 
as long as she wants, as if her husband had died, just as if her husband died. So here we assume the husband died. So why do we limit it up to the ksuba? So that's because she is causing herself to lose out. Everyone's heard the rumor that her husband, or the report that her husband has died. She comes along and says, no, we only got divorced. Well, she's the one who's coming along and saying, I can't collect the full amount. As much mazonas as I need for as long as I need. She's bringing that on herself. And therefore, we take what she says regarding herself as the truth. Okay, so again, Shmuel stands. Says, Toshma, come in here. Kaitza, this is another, again, again, again Shmuel says, Where did they say that a mazonas is not supported? Now remember, a mima enes is a, sing, a, a minor girl whose father has died. So her brother or mother married her off. She's in a, as a minor. She's in a rabbinic marriage, and she's allowed to opt out. She's allowed to, she's called the Mama Enes, this girl in this marriage. She's allowed to do Mion and say we were never, um, and opt out. Interesting enough, if she does do Mion, it's as if they were never married. If she says, I don't want to be married to this man. So Amru, so Kate said, Amru Mama Enes, Amazonas. What's the case where they said that a girl who's in this Mion marriage does not get Amazonas? You can't say it's a case where she's living with her husband again in this Drabon and marriage because then her husband's obligated to give her food. And it must be a case where her husband's gone overseas. Loves of Ochla, Omdumiana. Now, what happens if she borrowed money to provide food and then she went and did Mion? Now, retroactively, it's as if they were never married, so why should her husband have to pay for Mazonas? Again, her husband rocks up. She said, well, I only did Mewen last week. I want you to pay for all the food I've eaten over the last few months. She says, once she's done Mewen, it's as if they were never ever married. But now, time de Mewen. We see that what's the reason the husband doesn't have to provide for food for this girl? Because she did Mewen. It's as if they were never married. Implying that if she did not do Mewen, if he came back and she was so, oh, my husband's back, and they carry on living together, this minor girl and this man, then it sounds like if she didn't do Mewen, Yavinan law, he would have to provide her with the full food. Food, Kashon Shmuel. Again, so this turns out to be very similar to the case we've been discussing. It's just a rabbinic marriage as opposed to a Doraisa marriage. And she's gone to her husband. So her husband's gone overseas. She takes, she collects, she, she incurs debt to support herself. The husband has to come back and pay her. Again, Shmuel says, No, Shmuel says, what's the case? There's no, the, the concerns don't apply. If you're concerned that he left her cash, someone's not going to leave a minor girl with cash. He's not going to leave this young girl with valuables. You don't trust young children with valuables. He's not going to leave her with valuables or cash to support herself. So that's not a concern. But if you understand, maybe they had the deal, the other concern. Remember, the other concern was maybe he said, you work and support yourself, and I won't support you. And the chances of a minor girl being able to support herself is very unlikely. So it's unlikely that they had that deal. So neither of those are concerned, and therefore Shmuel says, I agree. In this case, he should support, um, he would, Basin would be allowed to take her property and extract it. So again, very interesting. We've always, well, all up to here, we've just had many questions on Shmuel, and Shmuel asserted that if a husband goes overseas, his wife, Basin, cannot give his wife take his assets or bond his assets to make sure to provide her with Mazonas. And again, there were the two concerns. One concern was that maybe he left her with money, he left her with valuables that she could use to provide for herself. Or maybe they had the deal that uh, she works for herself. Instead of she her earnings going to him and he providing for her, He's not responsible to provide for her. She's responsible to provide for herself with her own earnings. So those were Shmuel's two concerns. And therefore, whenever, uh, therefore, Shmuel's general rule is when a woman comes to Basin and says, look, my husband's gone overseas. He's been gone. He's been there for six months. The house is empty. I need food. Basin is not allowed to take his property because of one of those two reasons. Wherever those reasons would not apply, Shmuel would agree with Rav that Basin will take his assets. So like here, we just had a, a katana. He's not going to leave her money. She's unlikely to have made the deal that what she supports herself, because a katana generally can't support themselves. So therefore, Bayesian will. We've seen a few cases um, 
where that would um, apply. But yeah, but that's so that's where we're holding at the moment. So tomorrow's my avyalo. So what's the halacha? Do we go like Rav or do we go like Shmuel? So it's kios or Dimi. So when Rav Dimi came, he says. Homer said, Master Polytai Rebi, but Beis Sha'arim, a case came before Rebi in Beis Sha'arim, will pass up on And he gave her food. Lifnei Rebi Yoshmuel Butsipari, but I pass up on The case, a similar case came before Rebi Shmuel in Sipari, and he did not grant the woman sustenance from her husband's estate. So Tahu Borebi Yochan, Rebi Yochan, I was very astounded. He was thinking about it. He says, Lukhima Ro Rebi Shmuel shall I pass up on he says, Rabbi says, I don't understand Rabbi Yishmol. Why would he not be obligated to give her food? As we saw, and now we go back to our Mishnah, Chanan and the Bnei Kohanim Gedolim argued whether she has to take a shvua to get this food, but they both agreed she gets the food. So this seems to be, Rabbi Yishmol seems to be against the Mishnah. So, he says, no. Shmuel in Babel already explained the Mishnah is where they heard that the husband had died. Remember we said when they've heard the husband had died, we allow her to get sustenance. Just as we would allow her to get remarried, we allow her to get sustenance. So, again, so interesting enough, we had Rebbe Paskind basically like Rav. Rabbi Shmuel came and Paskin like Shmuel that she cannot get Mazonas. Basin will not get a Mazonas. Rabbi Yochanan says, well, Rabbi Shmuel doesn't make any sense in life of the Mishnah. And then they explain the Mishnah to Rabbi Yochanan like Shmuel explains it. So Amalei, you're going to be so radical in explaining the Mishnah. Again, if you read the Mishnah simple and straightforward, what's the hal- what would you say? That you do give mach, give her mazonas. The only machloikes chanan and skan kohanim gedolim is does she have to take a a shua? So that's so that's Rabbi Yochanan, and then Rabbi Yochanan says, well, I'm not comfortable with reading such a clause into the Mishnah. That sounds a bit radical. Now we're going to have a slightly different version of the above. It says Rabbi. The case came before Rabbi Beishorim, but lo paskol abazonas. And he did not give him a zonus. Ah, he went like Shmuel. Lifnei Rebbe Shmuel b'Tzipori. And okay, came before Rebbe Shmuel in Tzipori. He passed on a zonus, and he gave him a zonus. Am Rebbe Shmuel Mar Rebbe Shalav passed on the Haloi. Now, this is the, basically the exact same. It's just what Rebbe said verse. What Rebbe Shmuel said is the opposite of way round. So therefore, Rebbe Yochanan was bewildered with Rebbe's psak. He says, "Wait, but look at our Mishnah. Loy nechol kuchana nufnei kohanim gedolim ele leinian shvur chana nubnei kohanim gedolim." He didn't only argue regarding shvur. I'm a mezayis. I've been They both seem to agree that you give him the voinus. So I'm a leir. Rav Shemem bar Abba Kfar Tanim or Shmuel b'Babel k'sheshama boshemayit. No. Rav Shemen said that Shmuel in Babel already explained that it's a case where we heard that the husband had died. That's why we allow her to collect mezayis. Says Omelayb Ziros of Bakuni Hain says you're going to read such a. Are you taking advantage? You jump. Uh, how can you be so radical in your interpretation of the Mishnah? Now, so, so we still haven't answered our question. We see, okay, so it's a machloikas Rebbe and Rebbe Shmuel. Says the Hills of the Gavai said, what I find very interesting is though we we say who compiled the Mishnah, Rebbe. So whichever version you go by, we should say our Mishnah is in line with what Rebbe wanted. And we should follow that aloha. And then you just have a question. Do you follow which Ikat Omri? They don't seem to, they still seem to treat it as a Maslokas. But then the Gomorrah comes along and, and pass comes for us. So he says, The Hilchas Akavaisa de Rav, the aloha is like Rav, who poiskin Mazonis Aishas is that we do provide for Mazonis. Maybe we are following Rebbe um, because in either version, yeah. Says uh, no. Um, well, in the one version of the economy, then we're going to mention other points that the, uh, once we mentioning the halacha, like Rav Huna. Says the Hilchas Kavayis Rav Huna, Amar Rav, to Amar Rav Huna, Amar Rav. The Chol Eishes Shetoy Me Labali Eini Designes Eini Oisa. The halacha is also like Rav Huna said in the name of Rav that a woman is allowed to make this deal with her husband that she says, "I am not going to give you my salary and you don't have to support me." Or, yeah. And the Hilfus the Kavaisa de Rav Zvid Bukonya, and the Halacha is also like Rav Zvid regarding lead glazed cheres. This is a totally out of context. I'm not sure. I assume it's just because we're listing sakim, but I'm not sure. Kunya is if you have earthenware that was well according to Rashi glazed with lead, Kondra Tam glazed with glass. 
How do we view it? Does can you cashier it? We know earthenware you can't cashier. Lead you can cashier or glass conjure up in time. You just have to analyze what Rashi and Toysos are learning differently, but you can um, cash it. So Omar has videos, so your glass you don't need to cashier, lead you can cashier, and earthenware you can't cashier. So this earthenware that is glazed, how do we view it? So the Omar has vid honey mani de kunya. If you have these glazed kalim, if it's glazed with white or black lead, then it's you permitted to cashier it. Seems they were smoother and purer and they would not absorb that much. Yuruki, but if it's green lead, right, she says they mix the substance in that it has that hint of colour. Uses it seems some alum, I don't know exactly what that is. It says then Osiri you would not be allowed to cashier it. The law Omran Ella delays by Kartufni, and obviously this is where there aren't cracks. I will eat Kartufni or Siri, but if there are cracks, it would be awesome. So that's um, that's Ravzvit Halacha. And what did we passkin? We passkin that like exactly like Ravzvit, Ravzvit. If it's black or white, you would be able to it seems kasher it, or you might not need to kasher it. I'm not sure. Ali. Um, You know, maybe that's why that's one of the reasons probably why Rabbeinu Tam learns its class. Um, okay, I'm not going to look into it now. Um, Yeah, so, so, so this, uh, this would be the question of how do you view a glazed clee? And uh, we pass it like Rav Zvid, that if it's black or white, it's still kosher. It seems either you don't need to cut it or you can cut it. But if it's the green type of glazing, then it would be a problem. This also interesting enough, so this would have, this will give us in regards to kashering it. If it's, you cook non-kosher or you cook milk in the meat pot or whatever, that's the question here. But uh, obviously it would also have the big question with Tfilis uh, Kalim. Earthenware you don't have to put in the mikvah, but glass you do have to. So what happens with uh, mugs or a lot of earthenware which is glazed, would you have to put that in the mikvah? Okay, I'll leave it here for